Hey everybody, hope everyone's having a fantastic day today. This is a special episode this week. It is going to be part one of three because I am interviewing one fantastic lady and we talked and we talked and we talked and we talked way too much and it's really long and it's all really great information so I didn't want to cut any of it out. Um, so yeah, her name is Becky. She is a registered nurse. We met back when I was a registered nurse back in Lethbridge and she's going to talk a little bit about her work-life balance. She's been diagnosed with depression, anxiety, seasonal, seasonal affective disorder. She gets migraines. She's got a delayed sleep phase circadian rhythm disorder. Suspected Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, the hypomorbidity type. She's got suspected nervous system dysfunction. So she's got some chronic illnesses that she hides pretty well. Uh, I can definitely empathize with that. But she's an awesome person. And I think she has a lot of good tidbits and things to share. And I hope that you guys can get something out of it and realize, guess what? We are all in this together and we're not alone. And... She's a very high-functioning person with depression, and and uh, yeah, I'm excited for you guys to hear what she has to say. So a few words from our sponsors, and then we'll get right into the interview. Here are some commercial breaks from our sponsors. Barbecue Rental Center has been locally owned and operated in Calgary since 1991. We rent top-quality barbecues at competitive prices offering a personalized service that includes delivery, pickup, and propane. Calgary's Barbecue Rental Center would be happy to provide the barbecue grills you need for your upcoming social event. Whether it be a wedding, a family reunion, a staff or client appreciation function, or for a good old stampede pancake breakfast. Contact them today for 15% off our regular rental prices. Contact them today at admin at barbecuerent.com. Hello, everybody. Today, I am here today with a friend that I am here to introduce you to. Hello. Say hi to Becky, everybody. Hi. So, Becky is a pretty amazing person. I knew her back in, like, probably, what was it, 2006? Yeah, 2007. Like we were both living in Lethbridge at the time. We met because we were both registered nurses on the same psychiatric unit at the Lethbridge Regional Hospital. And we got to know each other. We became friends outside of work. Um, our Both of our husbands at the time kind of started working together mm-hmm. and collaborating. And the rest is history. Life happened. I moved to Calgary you stayed a little bit longer in Lethbridge yeah. than I did, yeah. and then uh, you ended up in Calgary. Yeah. So this is so much fun to reconnect with you because it really mm-hmm. has been years. Yes. So long. Yes. <laughs> so I'll tell you a little bit about Becky, and then I'm kind of just going to turn the time over to her because she has so much of interesting stuff to share, and I know that some of the things that she's going to share are going to be meaningful and useful, and I know you're going to get a lot out of it. So as I mentioned, uh, she does have her Bachelor of Nursing. She also has a BA in Music. She served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints 
in South Korea for about a year and a half. I know she's no longer practicing, but that was probably a big influential part of her story she's about to share, I'm not sure. And uh, she has her Master of Science in Health Sciences. She wrote her thesis in Meaningful Electronic Medical Record Use in Family Practice Clinics. And I know she has worked in family practice clinics, so that's very relevant of you. Yes. Awesome. So, Becky, I want you to just... Tell everybody how amazing you are. Tell me about your life, <laughs> about your job, about um, the big the big subject of what we're really talking about that okay. you're, I'm going to make you dig deep and get really vulnerable with me on. So just, just share with us your story. Okay. So as you can see from my intro, I, I take a lot of pride in my accomplishments. I've always been one of those people pleaser people. So, um, and I know that that doesn't always lead to uh, the great balance, (laughs) the greatest balance between uh, work and life. But so the main thing that uh, I'm going to be talking about today is depression. So I've had depression for looking back, I've probably had it since I was about 12 or 13, Um, but I didn't start taking medications for it until I was around 23, 24. Um, so there was a lot of rough times in between there. <laughs> um, where was I going to go next? I was going to ask, so you mm-hmm. said that you didn't take um, medications until you were about 23, 24. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you could have benefited from taking them earlier? Oh, yeah. Was there a reason you waited that long? That kind of connects back with my family. Like, I just, I had a rough teenagehood. I had a stepmom in the picture, and there was just a lot of, um, a lot of upset in, in that whole thing. And so I think it, me, you know, kind of crying all night and, you know, all of those kind of things and feeling like crap, I thought that, you know, my parents just thought, oh, she's just a, being a crabby teenager. So... So they almost didn't really take, take no, it seriously. No, oh, no I'm so all. sorry. <laughs> I sure hope people don't think that all, t- all stepmoms are like that. I happen to be one myself. We like to say I'm wicked cool, <laughs> like like wicked stepmother yes. Cinderella. <laughs> Anyways, I'm really sorry to hear that you had that experience. Yeah. That makes me sad. Yeah. So when did you finally, when you finally started getting seen and heard by doctors, what, what next? So I started taking medication. Um, I was in nursing school, actually, and I was just realizing that I was, you know, like I I remember distinctly getting ready for work or for school or whichever I was going to. I was in the mirror, uh, blow drying my hair and just bawling, just bawling as I'm blow drying my hair. And then when I'm done, I'm like, okay, suck it up. I got to I got to do all the adult things now. I got to, you know, and so I just that became my coping mechanism is just take it and shove it down because, you know, because when I tried to do, when I tried to kind of dig and open up these kind of things in my adolescence, there were not good responses to that. And so I just, no, no. So I just, I had no coping mechanism other than just shoving it down and pretending that I could overcome it with might. (laughs) And I want to go ahead and assume that that probably didn't work out very well. Spoiler alert. It doesn't work in the long term. In the short term, it might work, but not in the long term. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. So 
there's a good lesson right there. There's a little treasure of knowledge you just gave us. It's, I always try to make sure my kids, like if they're feeling anxious or teary, and I, I, I validate that. And I say, mm-hmm. you know what? It's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have crappy days. Yeah. It is what it is. And how can I help you get through it? Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's just to sit here and listen to your ball, if you can't even explain to me why you're crying, mm-hmm. I think that's important. Yeah. As a parent, as a friend, as a family member, of anyone who may suffer from depression or may Mm -hmm. just be having a bad day. I think it's important for us to really be there and be kind. I'm really big on being kind. Yeah. All right. So tell me more. Um, How did work life go? So work life was okay. Um, I kind of, so depression, it kind of has ebbs and flows, right? So some years are better, some years are worse. And sometimes the years are worse because things are happening. And sometimes the years are worse just because your body decides that's going to be a bad year that year. Um, So it kind of kept going, you know, off and on. I I worked down in Lethbridge for a bit. And then I had the brilliant idea to do a master's degree. And (laughs) that that just about killed me. And I'm not exaggerating with that. Um, I love learning. I love going to school. But I can never do any more school because I wouldn't make it. It's a lot. Yeah. Plus, I was working full time oh, at a career level job during that because oh gosh, yeah. I like to take on a lot. <laughs> you know who you should talk to? My husband. Ah. He was. He is working full time and completing a doctorate right now. And I don't know how he does it. He's burning the candle at both ends. And I don't uh. know how he hasn't had a mental breakdown yet. He's like my Mr. Hero. <laughs> yes. But I, I know I couldn't do it. And mm-hmm. I know when I was looking to switch careers from nursing to something a little less physically demanding because mm-hmm. my body needed that. Yeah. Um, I, I told my husband, I can't go back to school. Like I'm not, I'm not doing the class to class, the stress, like it's not, mm-hmm. that's not even in the cards for me. So yeah. kudos to you for doing more schooling and for pushing <laughs> through and graduating. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Well, it was, so it was really important you. to me. Um, like my, my career, I, I, I don't have kids. I've never really had a strong desire to have kids. I've always been really excited to have a career. And so this is what I'm, you know, putting all of my energy into is the career. Um, so how, how, um, what can I say? Fast forward, cause I don't know all about everything that happened with your career, but if we fast forwarded to today, so I happen to know you are taking a little bit of time off. Yes. So tell yeah. me, tell me more about that. Well, so I'm, I'm currently working at, um, a place up here in Calgary, um, where I'm still, I'm still a registered nurse. Um, but I do, work with ele- electronic medical record systems and cool. quality improvement. So I love it because I feel like I'm doing more for the for the health of people by doing things yes. upstream and all that stuff. And it's a much better fit for my skills because I'm not, I was never really great at the room to room, you know, person's on the toilet, doctor's on the phone, got to give the insulin. I hear ya. It just wasn't oh, my skill set. Yeah, I hear you. But give me a project and like a workflow to untangle and figure out how to do how to accomplish something and I really shine at that oh awesome so so you found a good fit I did I love that I did that makes me so so happy yes all right we're gonna get deep down and personal now tell me about the event that was the last straw for you okay so things had been um actually kind of back up just a a little bit um I'm on several medications, um, and one of the medications that I was on, I'm on a kind of a high dose of. And so 
about a year and a half ago, my psychiatrist said, okay, let's try reducing, like you're nice and stable. Let's try reducing you down a little bit. And so I did that for almost a year and it wasn't working. (laughs) And I think around, I think it was around January when I like January, 2019. Okay. And then, so I tried and then in October or so, of 2019, I was like, okay, this isn't working. I I can't, it's just not doing what I need. And so she bumped me back up to my original dose, but then the winter was coming. (laughs) Right. Seasonal affective, is that what you mean? Yes. Yes. I have seasonal affective disorder on top of the depression. So it basically just augments the depression and decreases, yeah, decreases any kind of, um, reserve tank that I have to to draw on and so January and February have always been the hardest months for me but uh this month it hit me the hardest oh, I'm so sorry <laughs> so I think one of the things um that kind of brought it up was um I'd been I'd been thinking a lot uh lately just about things that happened in my childhood and just how that impacts my patterns of interacting with people or how I think about myself. Um, and one of the the biggest tools that I started using was actually medical marijuana. And so with doing that, it's almost like it makes a mind body connection that a lot, you know, a lot of times you have to work quite hard to get yourself into that kind of mode where you can kind of take a step back and look at yourself from a distance and be able to look at it, you know, just w- without all of the totally. intensity and the emotion that you have. And so for me, that really started the beginning of me digging in and really wanting to clear out all that, all those boxes that I had packed away Good so many years ago. I always like to say that it's like a painting. Like you see a painting, you're in the painting, that's your life. But yeah. it's not until you're able to step out mm-hmm. of it, until you can kind of see the picture more clearly and exactly. know what you need to do. Yeah, yeah, Good exactly. For Good for you. So so that really helped. So I, I had been, um, so while I was back up on this other dose, I was, you know, I was using cannabis. Um, you know, it, it was it was helping with things. It was helping me, you know, be more clear about things. And that led me to start to have some conversations with people in my family that, you know, that I had some history with. And so there was just a lot raw going on with me. Um, And work wasn't even hard. Work wasn't stressful. Like it's not even that or anything. So I was just kind of going along, but I could, I could feel that just every day I just had to dig deeper and deeper and deeper to do the normal things that I always do you know, getting up, going to work, I really found that, you know, my, my self-care was going down. I was showering once a week, maybe twice a week. Um, you know, I just, I wasn't doing laundry, right? Like just all of those self-care things started to trickle down to the bottom of my list because I had to maintain my work at all costs, you know, because that's my thing. Um, so that's kind of the state that I was in. Um, I had been having some panic attacks at work for the last like couple of weeks. And for me, panic attacks are where I start, um, getting teary or crying about, you know, trying to think about how to 
do the things that I have next to do or just how, what order to do them in. And, you know, my brain just kind of gets paralyzed like that. I appreciate you explaining that though. Cause I've always wondered what does an, a panic attack feel like? Cause people throw around that word. Mm-hmm. And for someone who's never experienced that, I've always wondered, cause I have heart issues. So I'm like, right. does it feel like that? Like, does it feel like heart palpitation? I think maybe for everyone is different. I don't know. I think for everyone is different for, for me. It's just, I get that that rising and like the, the, the lump in my chest and the right, like the stinging up near my eyes. And I know that I'm going to cry and I have to like take like deep breaths. So I, I, so that I don't cry. And I, I know that in those moments, if I don't take an Ativan quick, you will, you I will cry. Time. <laughs> yes. Yes. I will start crying if I keep trying to do what I'm trying to do without taking an Ativan and waiting for a little bit. Um, so, but I was like, okay, yeah, I can deal with this. I can still deal with this. <laughs> so I was at work. I got a, I got a text. This is, this is the, the, the lamest thing that has ever pushed anyone over the edge. So I got it's a- always something. It's the straw that breaks <laughs> the camel's back. Yes. Becky. Yes. <laughs> so I, I got a text from my bank. Um, apparently I had put, um, like a fraud alert, like I'd signed myself up for some kind of fraud alert system thing so that I would get a text if there was ever a fraudulent charge put through. I totally forgot that I had done this. So when I got this text, I was like, what the heck? I was like, no, the charge wasn't mine. So I responded back N like you're supposed to. And then it said, okay, your credit card has been blocked. You have to call. And I oh, was, that's annoying. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, okay. So <laughs> I started I started feeling the pinching. I started feeling the anxiety. I was like, oh my. You and needed that, yeah. Yeah, and just, so I went on the phone with this girl and all that happened, it gives a $7 charge. They're going to take care of it. You know, um, they're, um, you know, all I have to do is just make a phone call and, you know, change my... Um, but my it's visa still number more on, stuff that you had to do. Yes, that I didn't that have to do. That you probably didn't want to deal with right at that very moment. Yes. So I'm on the phone with her and I start to cry. And she's like, oh, are you sick? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so she was probably thinking, my God, this girl, like it's only a $7 <laughs> charge, like calm down. But that was, yeah. So I barely made it through the call. Um, and... Um, and then I was in a boardroom because I'd gone off to uh, to make the call in private. Yeah. And as soon as the call was done, I just head in hands bald. bald. And this is at work. This is at work. Yes. Yeah. In a boardroom okay. at work, head in hands, bawling. Oh um, my goodness. I had. So did what did, did anybody reach out? What happened? Well, okay. So I'm so I'm in there and I'm thinking, okay, what do I do? So, um. I texted one of my coworkers, who's awesome. Her name is Becca. So, and she you know. was at work. <laughs> she was You're at work. You're giving a shout out to yes, her. Perfect. Yes, yes, um, I texted her. I said, can you please, you know, come in the boardroom? I am really embarrassed. I don't, I don't know who else to ask. So she comes in with a really quizzical look and she takes one look at me and just runs over and gives me a hug. And she's like, what's going on? And so I told her and you know, just bawling the whole time. And I said, and I know it's not like, I know that this isn't the biggest thing in the world. I realize that the world isn't going to end with this, but I just, I just, this was the last thing that I could take. 
and I just didn't know what to do. Right. And so my coworker said, she's like, Becky, you need to take time off. Yes. <laughs> she said that she had to have somebody tell her when she took time off, yep. you know, in a previous job. Yep. And so she wanted to pay it forward and, yep. you know, isn't that the truth? Yeah. Cause I'm currently on a medical leave and it took my, f- I can't remember if it was my family doctor or my neurosurgeon. It took one of them saying to me, okay, well, if we think you have all of these new health diagnoses, you need to see this, you need to do this test, you need to do this, you need to do this, Mm -hmm. you need to do this. You have to advocate for yourself and you have to call them all the time. And I said, I don't have time to do that. I work every day. I can't do that. So they said, you know what, Teddy, maybe you need to take some time off. And I needed that permission. I don't know what it is. Oh, absolutely. But I needed that permission. So good on Becca. Becca, yeah, right? Yes. We all need people in our lives like that. And I think all of us want to be that person for other people. So when you notice somebody is struggling, um, give them that permission mm-hmm. to take some time. I know I do it for Michael all the time. Yeah. I say, take some time. You have an appointment, take the day. It's mm-hmm. going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Life will, like the world will keep turning. And I think it's just so important. And it probably has made the world of difference for you. Because what if you didn't have Becca? At that moment, you know what I mean? I don't even want to go down that road. Yeah, well, people were coming into the boardroom in the next, like, 10 or 15 minutes. So if I hadn't called her in, then people would have come into the room and seen me like that. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And I don't know who was all coming in, but it wouldn't have been great. Oh, my goodness. So So during this time, what were you telling yourself? Like, what was your, like, biggest, your, your most dysfunctional thought that you had going on in your mind that I hope you maybe have worked through that it's not that's not how you're thinking now but did you have any dysfunctional thoughts well I thought that I should have done better and that like like to me because my job is such an important thing I just I don't know even though like I'm I'm the biggest proponent of saying mental health is health you know it really is a physical disease I think in the back of my mind I really just thought that I could just brute force my way through it regardless we all do you we know? all do whether like, it's mental health or chronic yeah. illness yeah we like, just try I to can carry beat on it. i can just yeah i can just try harder i can yeah. just because i had been able to my whole life yeah you were very high functioning yeah it sounds yeah yeah oh my goodness um but like to have to like get time off work was just the ultimate weakness for me um so that was actually what i had what i had told um my psychiatrist is that like, I feel like I should have done better. This is the ultimate weakness for me. So, so what now? Well, so how how are things now? A lot better. I've been on, um, on my leave for just over two, eh, about two and a half, almost three weeks, actually. Yeah. Almost three weeks. So the first, um, the first week or so was a blur of just crying appointments paperwork it's a lot feeling like a failure um (laughs) it's overwhelming yeah I went off on a a medical leave that was not related to mental health and I felt huge anxiety trying to fill out the paperwork with the doctors Mm -hmm. and not knowing where my next paycheck was coming from Mm -hmm. and having to stress about budgets and things like that not knowing when I go be back it's hard yeah Yeah. it's really hard yeah fortunately so fortunately we have a short-term disability at our work so I am still getting two-thirds 
Well, I'm still proud of you for actually pulling the trigger. It's one thing for you. Becca to tell you <laughs> to do it. It is most definitely another thing to actually do it. Yeah. I have probably told a handful of friends since I've been off on a medical leave. Guess what? The world isn't going to end if you take a little bit of time, yeah. especially those of us that have unions and short-term mm-hmm. disability benefits and things like that to yeah. support us in these times. Yeah. That's what they're there for. Yeah. We've been paying into them on every paycheck. Mm-hmm. Utilize them. So yeah. good for you. Yeah. Honestly, good for you. Thank you. And do you feel like you're making leeway? Do you feel... Yes. Yeah. Like it was a helpful time to be off. Yeah. Yeah. And my, now I know you guys won't be able to see this listening in the podcast world, but, oh, I'll but show, I can. I'll show Teddy here. Um, <laughs> I'll describe so, it with great detail. Yeah. She's so pulling out I a beautiful made, folder. I made a little. Aw, it's cute. I made a little sticker chart thing for myself. I am so. all into visual <laughs> journaling. That is me. Yes. I love that. So I sat down and I thought, okay. So what are the things that I have to do in a day? So like this is where everybody needs to pull out their pen and paper and take yeah. notes on what to do <laughs> when you're have, you have depression or anxiety or seasonal affective disorder. This is what <laughs> Becky has done. Yes. So listen up, folks. So I made a color-coded... I got a bunch of stickers that had smiley faces that were different Love colors. It. Yep, they're sparkly too. Yes. And so one was... Um, doing uh, some work for my side job, which I didn't do for the first couple of weeks that I was off air. Um, I have one for body care. So if I have like a shower or brushing my teeth or that kind of stuff, I get a sticker. Love it. Um, If I've taken um, Ativan, then... um, then I put another sticker, and that's kind of interesting to see the patterns of when Where I tend you need to need Ativan. Yeah, yeah. So I tend to definitely need it when I do any kind of therapy. So that's because it brings ther- up emotions. Yeah. So um, yeah, the silver sticker is for therapy. You know, like reading, introspection, Facebook group. Um, you know, self help, journaling, any of that kind of, you know, connecting with your emotions thing. That's another color. Love that. Here are some commercial breaks from our sponsors. Barbecue Rental Center has been locally owned and operated in Calgary since 1991. We rent top quality barbecues at competitive prices, offering a personalized service that includes delivery, pickup, and propane. Calgary's Barbecue Rental Center would be happy to provide the barbecue grills you need for your upcoming social event. Whether it be a wedding, a family reunion, a staff or client appreciation function, or for a good old stampede pancake breakfast. Contact them today for 15% off our regular rental prices. Contact them today at admin at barbecuerent.com.